Hello and welcome to the Ring Chasers podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Last night was a big night in the association as it was game one of the NBA Finals. But before we get into all that, we want to do a little post-mortem on the Milwaukee Bucks and Portland Trailblazers as they were eliminated from the conference finals this past weekend. Uh, we'll start with the Milwaukee Bucks. What is your outlook for the future? What do you think they're going to do next year, Ali? I think the future's bright for them. They were they played very well this uh, playoffs, especially with a team a team with that lacked a little bit of uh, playoff experience. Um, they're going to be great next year. I could definitely see them going to the finals next year as long as we don't see any big name changes in the East. Um, I think they've got to add to Giannis because Giannis cannot do it alone. Uh, Chris Middleton stepped up. He played well. George Hill stepped up off the bench, but those aren't names that are are big in the NBA. He definitely needs to, I don't know, maybe go hunting for some other players. He's got, they've got the Milwaukee Bucks have definitely got to add players to that team to help Giannis if they are looking for a, a championship in these next couple years, two three years down the line. They've got some players though um, that are on their last year: Miritich. Brooke Lopez, Malcolm Brogdon. Of those three names, I definitely have them. I, I would say they should keep Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is the, the best player that, out of those three and probably the most important piece for them to winning a, a finals in the coming years. Former Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He was great in the playoffs. I tell you what, he was he was doing a great job defending Kawhi Leonard in that playoff series. Uh, yes, Kawhi scored a lot in that series, but he was kind of inefficient shooting the basketball at multiple times in the series. And I think Brogdon was a large uh, part of that defensive outlook. And I think it is definitely really important to keep Malcolm Brogdon. He was a key player throughout their regular season and their success in the regular season. Um, keeping him is just really important. He was good in the playoffs, in the conference finals. He missed the first couple rounds, and they were okay without him. But I think he takes them to another level. Um, I think it's a key to re-sign Brook Lopez, actually. Um, I know <clears throat> it might have not seemed like a big priority at the beginning of the season as we didn't really know how good Brook Lopez was. I mean, he had, like, some yeah. wasted seasons in L.A. and uh, But now now it seems like he might be a priority for the Milwaukee Bucks. I wouldn't say so. I think you need to re-sign him at the right price. I think it's important to keep a shooting stretch big man on your team, and I think Brook Lopez could be a very important piece in the success of the Milwaukee Bucks potentially next year maybe mm -hmm. the year after but I I don't think it's that key I think it has to be at the right price uh for Miritich the expi the other expiring contract Nikola Miritich I think it's time to let him go he was very bad in the playoffs I I have always felt he's a little bit overrated just a little bit overrated he was great with the Pelicans right before he came to the to the Milwaukee Bucks but he's I just okay. don't think he was playing well I don't think Mike Budenholzer gave him a a chance to actually play because as it started he was he was doing great with the New Orleans Pelicans like I said but definitely I agree he he did not play he did not play well maybe that was because he didn't get a lot of playing time but he didn't come off the bench well or, or didn't start the game well at all a lot of other players actually stepped up in his place but if they want to keep Brooke Lopez I don't think he should be asking for a lot because I, I'm not very confident in him as a as a center um, he's he's a good shooter, a good stretch, big, but I don't think he's that great. He can definitely improve, but I don't think he's he's amazing shooter that people make him out to be. I mean, he was he was 
he struggled a lot in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. <clears throat> and I think you could see that from Brooke Lopez. That's why I don't think you should push all your chips to the middle of the table for Brooke Lopez mm-hmm. because he he could go cold. And at that important moment, he could go cold. He was great at the big, mo- the biggest moment in the conference finals of their season. But I mean, if if he goes cold in that series, we're looking at a completely different story. So Brook Lopez might have saved himself some money, earned earned himself some money in the conference finals. But I don't think it's. I think you should get him for the right price, yeah. not not too much. I agree with your earlier point about the Bucks needing to add one more player. I Giannis's inability to shoot. It's just frustrating for me. I mean, yeah. I I think I think if there's a player on the court that can't shoot the ball, and he's he's your star player, you're by far your best player. I think that an NBA team can scheme themselves defensively to stop that player and impede your progress. The Raptors. I, I think we see it with Ben Simmons on the Philadelphia mm-hmm. 76ers, and I think we see it as well here. You see also struggles with Russell Westbrook, who's inefficient shooting from three as well. Players that struggle to shoot the ball when they're one of your best players, it's it's hampering on an NBA team, and I think it, it it's difficult to be successful and get to that next level. Maybe you'll make the conference finals, but I think it's difficult to get over a top, top defensive team in the league in that conference I finals. I agree with that. I agree with the players you named, but how much is it hampering the team, especially when you've got another star player on your team, such as Paul George, such as Joe Embiid, and whoever they – the um, 76ers decide to add it definitely hampers but if you've got another option on the team that can take the load especially when your other star player is not shooting well or cannot shoot at all or cannot shoot efficiently it it's not that big of a deal but with Giannis as a star player and the only star player on that team surrounded by good shooters um, it's it, it I think it hampers that team more than Milwaukee Bucks the 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 Milwaukee Bucks are a great shooting team, and they've got all the key pieces to definitely make it to the finals in the next couple of years. But they've got to add a player with Giannis, and Giannis has definitely got to become more confident in shooting because the way the Raptors played, I think a lot of NBA teams can can learn from the way can mimic that. Yeah. yeah, they can definitely they can definitely see how they played, and they can lock down his game, and he can become worse compared to this year because he had an MVP or MVP esque year. But they, he's he's got to step up. He's got his game has got to improve tremendously within whether it's next year or the year after that. Because I don't see him becoming a confident shooter next year. But I think in in two years he will definitely become a confident shooter. It will it will come with time. He he's already kind of has a better jump shot than some other players in the NBA. He struggled from the free throw line. Those air balls yeah. in the Eastern Conference Finals. That was. Uh, funny, especially with Drake on the sideline. <laughs> but um, he's definitely got to improve that. Um, those are the biggest moments, especially with someone like him who who does not shoot from or outside of the paint. Um, all your points are either going to come as a layup or it's going to come at the free throw line. The free throw line, especially in in the playoffs, is the most important thing. So he's the definitely got to work that on. The Eastern Conference should be scared of Giannis though, because even without a jump shot. I mean, he he's already one of the best players in the league. But I don't I don't trust Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe. Um, they're not. I don't think they're next level players. I don't think they. I mean, maybe they're. I think they're Chris Middleton is at the ceiling. <clears throat> he, I don't see him improving in any other aspect of his game. Uh, he's a great shooter. That that's um, that's kind of what I'm saying. And I think uh, they could maybe are fringe All Star players at absolute best. Yeah. And and that's 
but that's, who that's really wants to come to Milwaukee? That's, I think, a big question in trying to acquire other players. Uh, Giannis is definitely a a player that you might want to play with, but who really wants to play for the Milwaukee Bucks? They got to sell that's, that success. That's, yeah, that's the biggest. That's the biggest thing they've got to do. And, and the I I wanted to mention that the one free agent that I think if if there was a a player that Milwaukee Bucks could get, I think Tobias Harris would be an absolute mm-hmm. great grab this offseason for them. He can shoot the ball. He can score off the dribble. I think he'd be a great addition, another scoring option on that team. And he, I think he struggled a bit in Philadelphia uh, after the move. He played okay, but he just wasn't great. Yeah. Um, I think he'd, he'd uh, appreciate a change of scenery, and I think Milwaukee could be a great fit for him. I don't know if I can agree with that totally. Um I could say this season for him was his – obviously it was his best season, but can he be another option in on this team? I don't think so. I think they've got to get someone that matches Giannis's level. Jimmy Butler, they've got to get somebody like Kyrie Irving level. Do I think those players will come to Milwaukee? No. But I think they've got to add players at that level with Giannis. I don't think Tobias Harris is at Jimmy Butler's level, Kyrie Irving's level. I think he's great. I think he can be a, a second option, but I don't think that he would fit well with the Milwaukee Bucks. How he was on with the Clippers and how well-rounded their team was was perfect, but I don't think him being on the Milwaukee Bucks would be great. Yeah, I think the Milwaukee Bucks, this last thing before we move on to the Trailblazers, I think the for Tobias Harris, I think the Milwaukee Bucks need to go kind of bargain hunting mm-hmm. a little bit because they can't – I don't think – like you said, I don't think they can get a Jimmy Butler or a Kyrie Irving. I don't yeah. think – they're realistically looking at Milwaukee as a as a realistic option. So let's talk about the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers were another team that was eliminated from yeah. the playoffs and the conference finals. They got swept by the Golden State Warriors. <sighs> that was embarrassing, yes. Um, I didn't agree with you at first when you said it, but, yes, it, it was embarrassing. Um, they had double-digit leans, and in, if you have a double-digit lead in the finals, the most important thing you can do is just keep that lead and maintain that lead and – Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to do it because of how well Draymond played and how well the two other All-Stars played alongside Draymond. Um, they played great. The I'm sorry, the Warriors played great. But the... The, the Trailblazers struggled. And I'm, I'm going to... The Trailblazers... I have two things that I watched in the series that were big problems. And, and the Toronto Raptors have done a better job of this in the NBA Finals. But but I'll I'll get into that later. But the turnovers are so important to limit is on against the Golden State Warriors, especially without Kevin Durant, because Golden State loves to get out in transition, moving the ball around, and and when you turn the ball over a lot, they're gonna get out in transition. They're gonna get those fast break points, and that's how they're gonna kill you. And they they showed the Trailblazers. They absolutely <laughs> annihilated them. Draymond Green was a driving force. I haven't seen him play that well since I. I believe it was the yeah. 2015 NBA Finals for me. I think I haven't seen him play that well yeah. since then. And But Draymond Green scoring that many points consistently, I, I, I believe, well, he definitely had double-digit points, but he was scoring up towards of 20 points in some of these games. The Trailblazers could not allow that to happen. And, and that's, I think, a big problem with the Trailblazers. Defensively, they're just not good enough. They don't have enough talented defensive players. Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum aren't great defensive players. Um, other, I mean, no one on that team, I think you could consider a defensive, 
I mean, a defensive star. No one on the team is defensively really good. And we're, we're so the Trailblazers looking forward next year. I don't see them making it past the conference semifinals. I see a lot of teams coming up in the West. I think we see the Lakers potentially adding players. I don't the think they, I don't think they're missing the playoffs. The Nuggets, they almost lost the Nuggets this year. I think the Nuggets are going to get a little bit better. They'll probably add someone in free agency. Michael Porter Jr. might come back. He might be okay. We don't know his back injury. We know no guarantees there. Mm-hmm. Golden State Warriors are going to be the Golden State Warriors for me. I I don't think there's going to be any significant changes. Obviously, Kevin Durant's probably going to leave, but I still the Warriors are going to be the Warriors. Houston's probably going to be good next year. There's too many teams clogged in that West, top, the top of the Western Conference. I know I said the Western Conference is weak, but I think they'll get better next year. And uh, I don't see the conf- the Trailblazers getting past the conference semifinals at yeah. best. Um, I can agree with you there. I could see them definitely getting eliminated in the semifinals, especially with a lot of teams coming out of the West. Like you said, Denver Nuggets, I think they're definitely going to improve. I like the way they played this this playoff or in these playoffs, they played they played great. They played better than I expected. I was never a huge fan of Denver Nuggets, but now I'm I can definitely say I'm going to hop on that train because they're they played great. I was impressed. Um, the Lakers, especially for LeBron's legacy, he's got to make the playoffs. They've got to the Lakers have got to add some some key players to that team to be a top three, top four team in the West. Um, it's definitely going to be hard for the Trailblazers next year to be to be uh, as good as they were this year. They've got to add a player. They definitely do. Uh, they cannot rely on Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum or even Nurkic to take them to the third seed and take them as far as they did this year. They've got some expiring contracts, though. Um, who, importantly, do you think they should keep? They've got Alfarika Minu, they've got Rodney Hood, Ted Curry, and they've got Ennis Cantor, who are all on expiring contracts. Uh, who do you think? Out of those, those I think the most important is probably Aminu because he's the best defensive player. Um, I think the biggest problem with the Trailblazers, the I and and Seth Curry would be nice. It'd be a luxury to have him back. Um, if he he require if he demands too much money, I just don't think it's realistic to keep him. Rodney Hood, same kind of situation. I, I think they should put a little bit uh, more effort into keeping Rodney Hood than a Seth Curry. But yeah. Aminu, Aminu and Hood are the two that I would really want to keep. Uh, your Cantor, they have – you saw some flashes from Myers Leonard, actually. And uh, you have Nurkic, so I don't think it's that important. That last to, game, Myers Leonard definitely did play good. He was good in, he was good in game three as well. And so I don't think it's that much of a priority for them to keep Cantor. But I think uh, Rodney Hood and Aminu are definitely two players you should you should try and hang on to. The problem with the Trailblazers for me, one of the problems is, is they, I mean, their cap is just, it's, it's clogged. There's, there's not enough money to sign another star player, which they desperately need. Mm-hmm. They have contracts like Evan Turner getting 18 million a year. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, the Trailblazers are just frustrating. They're frustrating. And I wouldn't want to be the general manager of the Trailblazers <laughs> right now because, they're probably going to demand a little more success next year. There's just no way. There's just no way. I don't Unless know, those you, players don't seem like they're very selfish in that aspect. I think they they all want the same thing, and that's obviously to win a championship. Um, if you've got to get rid of some players, I definitely would get rid of Seth Curry. Um, I don't know how big I am on Alfred Camino. He's a great defensive player, but I would rather take Rodney Hood, especially, especially how impressive he was in these 
in the playoff se- these last two playoff series. Um, if they gave him more playing time, I could see him playing more consistently how he did in uh, these these playoff series. I like Ennis Cantor. I, th- I would say get rid of Zach Collins, keep Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor is, could definitely be a double-double machine, especially without um, Joseph Nurkic. He's great. Um, he played great on with the New York Knicks when they were giving him playing time. He was a great starter. Now he didn't get that many minutes, and he was not performing as well as he did on the Knicks. But he's a great player to keep. He's I don't know. He was he was very good. He could add something to their front court. One last question on Portland before we move on to the mm-hmm. NBA Finals uh, talk. Uh, do you think Damian Lillard will ever win a title in Portland? Do I ever think? I think there's definitely a chance, but they have got to add someone. I think you said this. They have got to add someone to that team. They can't. They can't rely on Damian Lillard and McCollum. Like I said, they have to add somebody that can become a paint presence, maybe a uh, paint presence and a, a a stretch. You know, I, I for me, I can guarantee you that Portland will never win a title guarantee. with Damian Lillard. I will guarantee. I'll guarantee that. I'll guarantee you that Damian Lillard will never win a title in Portland. If they can keep their their backcourt and Lillard and McCollum add another piece, I could see them winning a title. I'm not confident in that, but I could see them winning one, yes. I don't see them ever beating the Warriors, ever. ever. The Warriors are going to be the number one team forever and ever or something? I mean, while Damian Lillard's there, he's already 28. All right, let's move on to the NBA Finals. Game one last night. The Toronto Raptors won. So... What's yep. your outlook for the series? What do the Warriors need to do better? What do the Raptors need to do better? What's your overall outlook on the series? Um, this was only game one, so I'm not going to – I never wanted to be um, to be confident in, in my outlook for the rest of the series, but I am confident now with the way the Raptors have played and how how well they seem to be getting along, especially on this new team and everybody stepping up. Pascal Siakam had a great game last night, shooting over 80%. I, I, um, one thing, I don't think he can repeat that performance. You don't think he can? Yeah. I, I mean, I, he did it in the regular season. He played well in the regular I season. Mean, but he can shot, he? No, but he shot 14 of 17, 32, 5, and 8. He's, okay. not, he's not doing that. We can talk about that a little bit later. Um, but my outlook for them. For Toronto? Yeah, they're – Game five, maybe game six. Uh, what do you think? You think they're they're gonna win in game five? I could see them winning in game five. Wow. I'm I'm com- more confident wow. in them winning game six, but I can see them winning in game five as long as KD is out. Um, they can definitely win. He probably won't play until game four. I tell you what, if we did this podcast before the game yesterday, mm-hmm. I'll admit I would add the Warriors regardless of Kevin Durant's status. I would add the Warriors in six or seven. I, I was thinking leaning towards seven. But I don't think so. I would have the. I would. Uh, let me. I I would have had the Warriors. <laughs> I would have had the Warriors. Um, but after watching the game last night, yeah. I was extremely impressed with Toronto. And I have a few things to say about the Warriors' offense, offensive struggles, and Toronto's incredible defense. Toronto for me has the best defense in the league. Yeah. But I, I just wonder if Golden State has enough offensive options. I agree with you. To there. to to get past this Toronto Toronto defense, it's I it sounds crazy to say because Golden State have so many. You look at it and they're so talented with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. But beyond that, offensively, who do they realistically have that can get them a bucket? I mean, Draymond Green, when it, when he comes up against a good defense, he's not 
offensively I agree. They've only efficient. got three players yesterday that scored in double digits. You're three all-stars. You need somebody else to score off that off the bench or in place of KD, and I don't see anybody at all scoring more than maybe 10 points in the game. I don't see Iguodala. I don't see Looney. I don't see Jordan Bell. I don't even see Livingston. Um, I think they're relying too much on Jamon, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. This is why they definitely need – this is why I'm so confident in them winning this series and and winning in Game 5 or Game 6 is because I don't think Draymond can keep it up how he did in the Trailblazer series, and Stephen Curry cannot take this whole load. And because the, the Toronto the Toronto team has just has way too much depth. Depth. Um, they had five players yesterday scoring double digits. Double digits, five players. Uh, Kawhi Leonard didn't even have a great shooting night. Kyle Lowry didn't. E- it wasn't even one of those five players to score in double digits. So uh, they. Uh, yeah. So, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I think Toronto is content with Steph Curry scoring thirty-four points. That's a great night for Steph Curry. Thirty-four, five, thirty-four points, five assists, five rebounds. But and and Clay Thompson dropping twenty-one points, one assist, five rebounds. I think Toronto's content with that. Toronto's content with that as long as it's not the Andre Iguodala's dropping double digits, Kevon Looney dropping double digits, Alfonso McKinney dropping double digits. I don't even think it's that. I, I mean, it, it, I would be okay with them dropping double digits, but if Clay Thompson gets hot, that's your biggest worry. If Draymond is getting hot, that's your biggest worry. Stephen Curry can drop as many points as he wants as long as you're keeping the other two uh, shooting options and scoring options at a low. I would disagree. 21 points is... I would disagree with that. I mean, I I think, I think if you have Clay Thompson, I mean, obviously we don't want Clay Thompson dropping forty or fifty points, yeah. but I mean, and he can get hot and do that, obviously. But I think you're con- kind of content with those three stars dropping over twenty, all of them dropping over twenty. If if the other players are struggling, Draymond is already is it's it's their first game back. They had a lot of time off. They might have been rusty. Um, I don't know how a championship team can be rusty. Especially being in the in the uh, in the finals for five straight years, I don't know how you can claim the Warriors as being rusty. But if Draymond is scoring ten points and not shooting well, it's it's going to be tough for them. A cu- a couple other thoughts I had on the game. Draymond Green was disappointing for me. Uh, I just said earlier I hadn't seen him since the 2015 NBA <laughs> Finals and that Conference Finals. I hadn't seen him play that well since then. I, that might have been the best I've ever seen Draymond Green play. Was in those was in that conference finals uh, this past against the Trailblazers, and he was disappointing last night. I he didn't have that offensive drive that he had in the conference finals. Um, Kyle Lowry for me was the player of the game in this one, and <laughs> it's ironic because he shot two for nine, but he it's was, not. Yeah. He was always yeah. making the right play last night. Mm-hmm. He was always making the right play. He I think I think he took three charges. Three key charges that led to Warrior turnovers. Yeah, he's got, I think, the most, I th- with, I think, 14, maybe 15 total charges in the uh, playoffs. Something like that. He's going against these big, huge centers, Joel Embiid. He's going against uh, Jordan Bell, Draymond Green. He's going against all these all these players. Th- those um, are those are big plays. The the charges he took were big plays in the game that they got they get possession back. It's a turnover and and you're keeping the ball. You're taking away a shot basically from Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, which you don't, which is obviously one of the most efficient scoring in all of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so uh, one other thing I wanted to say, I, I want to talk a little bit about Demarcus Cousins when he was on the floor last night. 
I think he actually causes a huge mismatch when Marcus Gasol isn't on the floor. I think it's difficult for the Raptors to handle DeMarcus Cousins. They always had to double-team him in the post. Even Serge Ibaka, he could back him up, and they the, it forced the Raptors to double-team. The Raptors were doing a great job of switching and, and getting back and rotating on defense. And like you just said right there, I don't think it's hard for them to match up against DeMarcus Cousins. They've got a great rim protector in Serge Ibaka who would match up if Marcus Gasol was not on the court, and even Pascal Siakam, who's a great defender, um, they're they're switching off of him, and they're make they're going to make it tough for Demarcus Cousins. I don't think Demarcus Cousins is going to score that much if he gets more playing time in the series. I think they're going to look to kick it out to their other options in Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry. Watching last night, though, when when the bench did come on, when Demarcus Cousins got Serge Ibaka in the post, mm-hmm. the Raptors double teamed because Demarcus Cousins was forcing his way in. I think the DeMarcus Cousins, uh, the one question about him, I think, is that he is kind of a liability on defense. He's not fast. He's not really up to speed yet. Yeah. He's and he's. I think he struggles to to be a defensive, uh, a quality defensive piece. So, I it's it's an interesting decision for Steve Kerr. But I think you do try and give Cousins a little bit, a few more minutes in this game. He only had eight minutes. But I, I think you you try and give him the ball in the post, and you try to let him back it down and see if it causes some offensive rhythm to get going for the Golden State Warriors. It, it just in the bench minutes. I don't think you're starting him. I think you try and keep it with Looney, keep going with Looney. Um, but but I think Cousins was caused a little bit of a mismatch mm-hmm. when when you see him against. I don't that think Toronto so. Bench. I think Marcus Gasol is an elite defender. We all know that. Um, I'm just. I don't saying, know about elite defender, but I think he's definitely a great defender. He's he's a presence in that paint, but no, I I agree I agree I'm saying when Mark Saul's off the court, when Mark Saul's off the court and they have smaller bodies on there, I think they struggle with the size and physicality of Demarcus Cousins. I don't think they have to worry about that too much. I think they're great at switching and definitely making it tough for players in the paint, doubling and maybe throwing an arm in there to get the ball loose. But a second ago, you had said that you don't see Pascal Siakam mimicking this game. I'm just impressed in the way that this is his first ever game in the finals, okay, and how well he played in the other series. Because he wasn't, he wasn't as play, playing as well as he did this game and in, in, in the past series, but he was definitely the second, maybe third option in, in scoring, dropping 20-plus points a game. He played great. How you can say he won't mimic this again? I'm just saying I, I don't – I. I think Pascal Siakam's a great player. I think he'll he can drop twenty points. I'm just saying, I, every game in the series, I don't see him dropping thirty two. Thirty two. I can agree with that. And he shot. He I shot. S- he only missed three shots last night. Yeah, he shot seventeen 80. shots. That's mm-hmm. incredible. That I don't think I don't think he can do that. Again. Can he mimic that? No. But can he drop? Can he drop double digit points again? Yes, we've seen it before, and we know it can happen. Kawhi Leonard did not have a great shooting night. He was still able to manage twenty three points. And again, Kyle Lowry was not there offensively. But he was definitely there defensively. He was great. And making the right plays. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I, I'm curious to see on the road how Siakam, Marc Gasol, Danny Green, Fred Van Fleet. I'm curious to see when they go on the road to Golden State, to Oracle. I just wonder if they're going to be shooting this well. Mm-hmm. That's my. That's one of my biggest questions going forward for the, Rock, uh, for the Raptors in this series. Do you think they are going to be able to win this series without KD being on the Golden State Warriors and fully healthy? After watching last night, I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I'm not so sure, but the Warriors are going to win this series. 
I, I I'd go Raptors in seven. So if say K, if KD is if out, KD comes back game four. Do you think? Do you think the Raptors will be up 3-0 by that point? It's dependent on it's. De- oh no, they won't be up 3-0. Yeah. I think Golden State wins wins game three. I think Golden State wins game. There's no way. I I think Golden State has a chance in game two. I think Raptors actually take game two though. But uh, when KD comes back, it depends how healthy he is. But I realistically, if KD comes back. I, I just can't see Toronto winning the series. I, I can't know. see them. It's, I don't think they have enough yeah. offensive options. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's it's hard for me to say that Golden State is going to lose this series, but I don't think Golden State has ever seen a team like the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors have one star, and they've got a team with a lot of depth, a lot of depth. They've never seen a team like this in the finals. They've never met a team team like this in the finals, and especially without KD being out, this is hard. Um, this is this is why I have them confidently winning in Game Six, and definitely I could say they might win in Game Five because this is a completely different team. This is not the Cavs with only two stars and maybe one or two uh, great role players, maybe one player coming off the bench in the Cavs. But this is a completely different team. That I'm just a lot more confident in the Toronto Raptors. Reports are that Kevin Durant comes back Game Four. Mm-hmm. If Kevin Durant does come back Game Four, do you think the Warriors win this series? In Game Four, no. Uh, no, no. Do you think they win the series? Yeah. If Kevin Durant, if he comes, comes back. back in Game Four, no. I still, I still don't think. I don't have Golden State winning the series at all. I've regardless. Got, yeah, regardless if he comes back. Um, I think they need. We need to see some more minutes from. From Demarcus Cousins, he only played eight yesterday. But if we see, Steve Kerr ramp up Demarcus Cousins' minutes a little bit more, and KD, can come in. Maybe Game 7 they can pull it off if it even goes to Game 7, but I don't think it will go to Game 7. I think Toronto can win these next three games. KD will come back. It's going to be tough, but I can't. I, I've i got Toronto. That's I all don't. I'm going to say is I've got Toronto winning this series, regardless if KD comes in or not. I don't want to um, uh, over, over – uh, what's the word? I, I don't want to – Take too much out of last night. I don't mm-hmm. want to look into it too much and, and overanalyze it and and take because the Warriors are going to be better in Game Two. They're going to be better in Game Three. They're going to be better in Game Four. They're going to be better as they go throughout this series. And so will the Toronto Raptors. Um, are you going to get the same performance from Pascal Siakam? But no, I think you will definitely see Kyle Lowry step up. I think you will see Ka- Kawhi Leonard step up too because now their focus has got to shift a little bit to Pascal Siakam. Okay. Because, I mean, Draymond claiming himself as the best defender in the league or best defender of all time and then getting 32 points dropped on him, you're, he's going to need a little bit of help, okay? I've, I've, in my opinion, I've been high on the Raptors all season, but last night there were some, I mean, with three minutes left, the time was running out on the shot clock, and Fred Van Fleet just throws up a three-pointer does like three loops around the hoop. Yes, and but when Stephen in. Curry does that or Clay Thompson, everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's <laughs> the greatest shooter ever! He's <laughs> they, the greatest shooter ever!" Uh, they, they don't, and he is. So I'm not on. taking that away from them, but Van Fleet did it. He made a lucky shot. We can all agree on that. Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry do that. It's not a lucky shot. It's just pure skill. My point of this is just that I I don't see all of the those moments going right for the Raptors going forward. I think they a lot, a lot went right for them last night. Listen, I, I, the Warriors are, 
I'm leaning towards the Raptors at this point, but I after I, game uh, one you're leaning towards the Raptors. Leaning, leaning, barely, but uh-huh. uh, I still, I just can't discount the biggest the Warriors. Warriors hater I, I know can't discount the Warriors. Is leaning only a little bit towards the Toronto Raptors. Well, well, well listen, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it objectively, mm-hmm. objectively, objectively. Right. They didn't have a great game for Norman Powell. They didn't even give him minutes. So I'm not going to say that, that he didn't have a great game. They didn't give him many minutes yesterday. Van Fleet is on a momentum push from from last series. How He's about playing great. Fred Van Fleet? Yeah, I know. I know. You said after <laughs> after I believe uh, what what game was it? It was one of the games last series, and he was really struggling. I believe it was game he was three. Struggling. It was game three, and you were calling for Jeremy Lin. Yes, that's how bad he was struggling. But <laughs> he was. I got to confess, poor. he is playing tremendously better. He's. They have him in for 33 minutes last game. He's playing great. He was um, doing a great defensive work on Steph Curry, too. Definitely, yes. And I think they didn't encounter that against Portland. There was no one that, that played solid defense. I don't think – The yeah. stronger guards of Toronto, they ne- hadn't experienced that in the playoffs to this point. I think they kind of experienced a little bit with mm-hmm. uh, Houston, but it, it's not at the level of Toronto. Toronto is just defensively yeah. – their guards have been really solid. And um, – yeah, and credit doing credit great rotation rotating off of pick and rolls and everything. Marcus saw stepping up on the pick, which if you were if you watched that Trailblazer series, you didn't see Ennis Cantor or whoever that big man was um, close that gap because if you didn't close that gap, Stephen Curry was pulling it right. Myers in the mouth. Leonard was they not. were not stepping up on those picks, but Marcus saw accounted for I think maybe five of the turnovers. I believe yeah, and I'm pretty sure two of them, three of them came from. Uh, Stephen Curry. Yeah, credit to Nick Nurse for hanging in there with Fred Van Fleet because I know the majority of the coaches in the association would have uh, absolutely put him, him on the down. bench, sat him on the bench, and uh, moved on. So credit to him. He's been great these whole playoffs. I think, my opinion. Uh, They've got a lot of great players coming I, off. The I think bench. he should get a shout for. He should have gotten shouts for Coach of the Year, in my opinion, Nick Nurse. All right. Well. Well, so who, who for game two? Who do you have winning game two on Sunday night? Game two, I've got Raptors. I'm very confident in this team, like I said, and how I mentioned. But I've got Raptors winning in game two. Um, like I said, I can see them winning game fi- in game five, but I think it will go to game six just because KD is coming back, and I think Demarcus Cousins is gonna have a couple more minutes added to his game. Uh, what have you got? What is your prediction this series? Uh, I'll give you the series. Who do you think is going to win? I'll give you the series prediction later in the episode at the end. But uh, okay. for game two Sunday night, I got the Raptors. I got the Raptors winning game two. Mm-hmm. Uh, games three and four, I think the Warriors have a good chance. Uh, but for game two tomorrow night, I think the Warriors are going to come out strong. But Toronto at home, that home crowd just really, it. they really get them going. Mm-hmm. And I. I, they'll rile them up. They'll be riled up. And Toronto, I, I got them winning that game. I yeah. got them winning. They've so. got a great fan base. Um, we've seen it throughout the these playoffs and previous playoffs series. Um, they've got a great. I think it's, it's going to be difficult yeah. for Golden State to take one of these games, and they're going to have to, to win, obviously, yeah. to win the series. I don't even see them taking that game three win, especially KD being out. But that we'll can see. We'll see. be talked about a little bit afterwards. All right, so – there was a little bit of uh, free agency news. Uh, reports came out this week that Kyrie Irving, his favorite, the favorites to land Kyrie Irving this summer, 
are the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. If you had to pick one of those teams for him to go to, which one would be the best fit for him and which one would be the best fit for the team? For him and the team, I think would be the Lakers. I think they've got – they need somebody like Kyrie to come in who can score, can be the second option for LeBron. Obviously, it's easy to say that with them previously playing in Cleveland. But, like, I, I think – the best team for him to go to is the Lakers. Uh, I don't. I don't think Brooklyn Nets are a great team yet. I think they have a chance to become a good team very soon in the next couple of years. But I think if if Kyrie Irving wants to win, he would want to. He should go to the Lakers. What if What if the Brooklyn Nets sign say Butler? Butler. I think that's one Butler of the, the names Kyrie that join up in Brooklyn. Do you think that would be a better for Kyrie? than going to the L.A. Lakers, to the current mess that is the I LA think Lakers. that's something a lot of us would rather see, especially because we've already seen Kyrie and uh, LeBron play together. We would like to see maybe Kyrie and Jimmy Butler being the being the, the being, two biggest names in it. Being a, in, a duo. Yeah, being a duo on a team. I, I just, for me, the best fit for Kyrie Irving, it, it's, it's a difficult one. Because I don't think uh, the Brooklyn if Brooklyn Nets do, I'm sorry. If Brooklyn Nets do add someone like Jimmy Butler status, I think that would be great, and he should go there. But if the Brooklyn Nets don't add anybody, their team is not good enough to just only have to only rely on Kyrie. I mean, you've got D'Angelo Russell and those other mediocre or above average players in Brooklyn, but. I think he, should, he his best bet is going to the Lakers. For the Lakers, they clearly need to add a star this summer, obviously, because LeBron's career is slowly declining. He's slowly declining. I his mean, career's uh, been built off of obviously stars alongside him. But I, if if Kyrie Irving is a player that I'd look at, but would I rather have Bradley Beal than Kyrie Irving? If I was Lakers, yes. I would. It's simple. I, I would rather have Bradley Beal than Kyrie Irving if I was the Lakers. I think he's a better shooter. He's younger. Uh, he has more drive, I think. I love Kyrie Irving, and watching him play in those NBA finals with LeBron James was sensational. And But I'd like to see Kyrie Irving on the Nets. It gives him a new scenery. New scenery. Well, uh, he tried to go to, to the Boston Celtics and make a name and have his own team. We saw how well that has worked I, out or... Boston wasn't the right situation for him. It was. It's Boston if was, you compare the Boston Celtics team to the new the Brooklyn Nets, the obviously the Celtics are a better team, but you're not going. You're. I mean, it's similar. They're similar. They're similar situations. I think they both had young cores. I think Boston's young core is actually better. But Kyrie Irving on the Nets, I think, would look pretty good. And I think especially like I mentioned earlier, if they did sign someone like a Jimmy Butler, if you saw a Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, and uh, D'Angelo Russell semi— uh, I think that's a lot of budding heads. Mini, mini big three, I'd like to see that. I'd rather see that than Kyrie Irving go back and play with LeBron James and L.A. Lakers. I, I, I think they might be a little bit older now, and they might just not be good enough to, to really challenge in the Western Conference, especially when you have up-and-coming teams like Denver, Golden yeah. State— it's it's just difficult. Golden State's up and coming. Well, no, I, I meant I meant saying up and coming. Uh, I don't know. You're very confident in how the Warriors will look next year, but I'm not sure how confident I am. If KD leaves and this team stays the same, 
which I don't think they will. I think they're going to have to replace the 30, 40 plus minutes in KD and the scoring load that KD takes off of uh, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. But I don't know how well their team will be. They're going to have someone, they're going to have a bunch, a max slot, I believe a max slot, to add someone else. I mean, and who wouldn't want to go play? Adding someone else, I don't think. I think adding players would be their best option, not adding just another name to replace KD because there's no way you can do that. But I think adding players, getting rid of a couple players, and adding, adding some, multiple players yeah. rather than just one big name would be their best option. Yeah, but, I, but for Kyrie Irving, final stats, so do you think it would be best for him to go to the Lakers rather than the Nets? Yes. If, if the Nets do not add anybody, yes. Um, well, what if what if it was if, Jimmy Butler? There? If it was Jimmy Butler, that's tough. I think I would still have... I would still say that he should go to the Lakers. I think um, they're not going to get it done in their first season, obviously, that if Jimmy Butler and Kyrie go to the Brooklyn Nets, they've got... I, I think uh, Bradley Beal, uh, if, if we're talking about Kyrie Irving, and I just think there's better fits for the Lakers. I like the way Kyrie Irving plays, but... I don't think he fits perfectly with LeBron James. I I think it, they if, went to the finals. I, they they did a duo there, but it's just LeBron James is ball dominant, and I know when he's off the court, he needs someone to take over. I can see another player take over, and and when they're when they're on the court together, if if you want someone to be a spot up shooter, I think it would be great to have someone that when LeBron's off the court, he can create for himself. And when LeBron's and on the court, I think that's Kyrie Irving. If if you're trying to say that Bradley Beal is the one that can create, well, I'd say Bradley Beal's a better spot up shooter than Kyrie Irving. If if we're just taking LeBron's kicking it out to you in the corner and you're shooting a three, I think Bradley Beal's a better player than Kyrie Irving. But I don't I don't think if LeBron is going is going to be as ball dominant with Kyrie on his team. I don't think it's smart for Kyrie or the Lakers coach to allow LeBron to do that. Um, Kyrie is become a much better player playing without LeBron but we'll see we'll see I I I'm still I'm skeptical I'm curious to see where Kyrie Irving goes he's one of the most interesting players in this free agency Mm -hmm. free agent class because I have absolutely no idea where he's going Kevin Durant I think he's on his way to New York I think it's kind of obvious and but but Kyrie Irving I just there's still some questions him and Jimmy Butler I think are up in the air of where they go and uh this news this week was pretty surprising to me, and I, I'd like both the fits honestly. But yeah, personally, there's a lot, there's a lot of rumors that it makes it a bit unsettling. We don't know if if the New York Knicks are keeping their pick, if they're acquiring Andy, if KD is going to um, the Knicks, or he's staying in Golden State. We don't know if Kyrie is going to play with the Lakers. We don't know a lot of things. It's hard to say at this moment. It's hard to say. I I have some. Some hunches, though. But yeah. that's we, about we'll it. We'll have to wait for that. Um, that's about one it more question it. with you. Oh, okay. what, what was your biggest all-star snub? Uh, we saw all Clay NBA Thompson's stuff. reaction. Yeah, your all-NBA first, second, third team. Um, who was your biggest snub? We saw how Clay Thompson reacted to not making the, thir- the all-NBA third team. And a lot of players definitely reacted to not making the defensive teams, or the rookie teams. What was your biggest? 
We were just talking about Bradley, or I was just talking about Bradley Beal. I think he could have been in there over Kemba Walker. I, Clay Thompson, I think you could make a shout for him, but he's on such a good team. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put Clay Thompson in an all NBA team, especially when uh, two of your teammates are on all NBA teams and your other teammates on an all defensive team. Exactly. It's, it's like, I think it's just difficult to make the argument that he, that. That Warriors being a second seed, they weren't even first seed this year. It's not like they were blowing everyone out of the water. It's hard to make the argument that he should be on an all-NBA team. Bradley Beal, I think he had a better season than Kemba Walker. Uh, I've heard people say D'Angelo Russell should be on an all-NBA team over Kemba Walker. I think that's You're abs- saying that. I think absurd. you're a bit of a madman. That's but. absurd. But Bradley Beal, I think you could definitely make an argument for him. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you completely. I I think I was the first one to mention, wow, Bradley Beal got snubbed. He should have made it over Kemba Walker. Um, I don't think Clay Thompson, I completely agree with you. Uh, he's got he's got two other All-Stars on his team and a defensive player of the year on his team. It's going to be it's gonna be hard for him if he wants to make the All-Star NBA team to become an All-Star NBA player in, in the coming years. Yeah, uh, any... Any other thoughts on the All NBA teams? I I I think Towns. You could have made an argument for Carl Anthony yeah, Towns definitely. on one of the teams. I mean, it's hard because um, there's a, there's a lot of great players in that center position, but definitely he he could be considered a snub. Was he a snub? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I would have, I would have considered putting Russell Westbrook above Damian Lillard on the second team. Uh, I think Damian Lillard had a good regular season, but. Uh, Russell Westbrook was pretty special this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think, maybe could have gotten a, for a couple first-team shouts. He wasn't great, I guess, in the regular season. He rested a lot. I think he could have made some arguments. I think that's more playoff-based. So I, I think I think the first team was was spot on. Mm-hmm. I think they, they made the right decisions on the first team. Uh, second team, mm, I, could, I could see Russell Westbrook definitely over Kyrie. Russell Westbrook over Kyrie, I think definitely could you could make an argument Russell Westbrook over Damian Lillard or Kyrie. Yeah. I know people have some bad opinions about Russell Westbrook, and I was disappointed with Russell Westbrook in the playoffs too. But just going off regular season, Russell Westbrook I think should have been a second team all in all NBA. He's averaging a triple double. I mean, inefficient or not, it's incredible. I think people are just discounting it at this point. And and also there's there's some interesting stats on Russell Westbrook. I was and a bit surprised to see LeBron as the third team, especially how many games he missed. Is he a, an all-NBA player? Definitely, yes. We all know this, but I think it's a bit surprising to have him in that small forward position this year. Um, can I, I give another name? Not really, but I, I, don't, I, I don't know about I would keep. I would keep Russell Westbrook. I mean, I would keep LeBron James. At that all-NBA third team? all-NBA third team. And a quick statistic on Russell Westbrook before I forget uh, – in his 138 regular season triple doubles, the Thunder are 110 and 28 in those games. That he gets a triple double. Mm-hmm. So the triple doubles aren't completely empty stats. They're he he's draw, They're winning the almost all their games when he gets a triple double. And in the playoffs, the Thunder are five and four in the playoffs when he records a triple double. And they're one and three since Durant left. So that means, I and I think Russell Westbrook has kind of exerted himself too much to put triple doubles. In these playoffs, and it's 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 when without Kevin Durant because his teams just aren't very good. Well, if you're that consistent in the regular season, you definitely have to be this consistent in the playoffs. And he did not play very well 
they, they win when he gets triple doubles. They win when he gets triple doubles. I think when he has a good team around him and he gets a triple double, they win. And I, I, I so I, I don't want to turn this into a Russell Westbrook thing, but uh, I, I just want to say he is he can be successful even with those triple doubles. And yeah. uh, I think he should have been second team All NBA personally. All right, all right. Any other last comments on the All NBA teams that you want to add? Not really. No. Um, I think it was a bit. F- it, it was fair. Yeah, I, I so. didn't. Nothing I really wanted to change. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure to f- subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, have a good day, guys. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Subscribe. 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 Peace.